Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Wake up, Kramer. Welcome to Lead Off, Jay Binkley, with Kramer, the Krame Dog. Krame Dog stayed up late last night. Oh, yeah. Watched a movie last night, Bink. It's all right. Time to wake up, man. Oh, yeah. You need to get some five-hour in there. Oh, let's go. Hell yeah, Kramer. Let's talk some sports. We got live and local today, leading up till uh, 2 o'clock. Uh, myself and Dusty Likens and Nick Price, without a bounds, coming up next. But I'll tell you what, Kramer, this is a big week in the NFL. CBA's got to be voted on by all the players by at least Thursday. Very transformational week in the NFL. We just assume it's going to pass, but you've seen these players. Some of them want it. Some of them don't. So which direction is this going to end up? I will say this, Kramer. Uh, today's the final day in the Big 12. We get the Big 12 tournament next week. Uh, Baylor at West Virginia, KU at Texas Tech. It only matters that they split the title. This is Kansas's 15th. Out of 16 years, titles. And well, I said this last year. They they finally didn't win. They'd won 14 straight. They finally didn't last year. Things, and I know Kansas fans, they don't care. They love to collect championships. I mean, why wouldn't you if you're a fan of a team? But this is why, and college basketball's been down this year, but the Big 12, when you have one team continue dominance like this, 15 out of 16 years, and you wonder why everybody checks out, the only interest is what team's going to give Kansas a run, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, 15 out of 16 years, what do you do? I mean, it's just complete in utter domination. And I hope that other teams in the AFC West feel this way about the Chiefs winning it four straight years at this point. And it's probably going to continue to be this way, whether it's the Raiders or the Broncos. Who wants to be number two? That's the real question. But I found this interesting with the quarterback position, because we, we talked about Dwayne Haskins and how that the Redskins could go to a, it's the, it's the Mahomes effect. And I clearly think it's starting to affect the NFL. Look at this. Look at the amount of quarterbacks that are changing in the NFL. It is unbelievable. What you think about it last year, 2019, 11 teams had a different starting quarterback, 11 with Kyler Murray, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, Nathan Peterman, it just the list goes on and on. They're saying now, Pro Football Talk saying, <laughs> week one starting quarterback turnover could be half the league in 2020. That is teams searching for that answer quarterback like the Chiefs already have. And you think about it, they're right. It's all this offseason's about. Where's Tom Brady going to end up? Tom Brady going to end up with the Titans, which 
betting odds now have the Patriots as the favorite with the Titans number two followed with the Chargers and Raiders at eight to one. But I don't know. You've heard people that cover the team say that, well, he could come back. Then we've heard people nationally say he's not going to come back. Then there's the whole Andy Dalton. NFL.com is doing four places Andy Dalton could end up. This is a byproduct of what Pat Mahomes has created in the AFC. This is no longer viewed as the Tom Brady dynasty, which is funny. The teams just concede that Tom Brady and the Patriots are going to be the team all of a sudden. Or does everybody now want that quarterback like Mahomes? Do they want Deshaun Watson? Do they want Lamar Jackson? After all, this league is changing. And I've said this for the longest time, like Kyler Murray with with Arizona, he never gets drafted 10 years ago where he was because people didn't want that size of quarterback. They want playmakers. In the XFL, (laughs) and I know it's comparing the XFL, but P.J. Walker, like he's got that style that people want. People want that kind of style at quarterback. But even the Redskins, that could be taken to it. You could see five quarterbacks go in the top 15. I think it's going to be four in the top 10, but you could see five. And number one is going to be Burrow, which I think when you look going forward in the future in the AFC, you're going to be talking about Mahomes. You're going to be talking about Watson. You're going to be talking about Lamar Jackson. I would add Joe Burrow into the mix. I think we will be talking about him. I know he's Cincinnati, and you think of that as kind of like the cesspool of the NFL. But Marvin Lewis did have success. That's why he held on to his job for so long before they finally ran him for Zach Taylor. He ended up going to seven playoffs with the Cincinnati Bengals. It can be done. He just couldn't do anything once he got there. You know why? The quarterback position didn't put him over the hump. Chiefs are in that situation with Alex Smith, and Pat Mahomes puts him over the hump. NFL.com says, I don't know if Ron Rivera and the Washington Redskins are seriously considering moving on from Dwayne Haskins to grab one of the top quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. It's from Chad Reuter. Chad Reuter has, in his latest mock, has the Redskins going to it. And it's interesting because of the whole RPO philosophy. You know, Haskins' athletic ability limitations prevent the Redskins from doing some of the cutting-edge RPOs. It's the direction, and, and, and Pat Mahomes is the master of this. He mastered it at Texas Tech. It's making quick decisions. So, no, but this whole league is looking for the next Patrick Mahomes. It's what they were doing at the Combine. It's what they're doing at Senior Bowl. They're trying to find that next answer. And we're seeing more and more teams jettison their quarterbacks early. Look at the Cardinals. Hey, Josh Rosen's not the answer. They go get Kyler Murray. If Dwayne Haskins is popped for Tua this early, you didn't give the guy a fair chance. We all know quarterbacks, it takes a while to develop. Hell, I'll play uh, Patrick Mahomes, what he said in the barbershop. It took him till half of 2018 season to read defense. Now he's a special player and made it work. But if Pat Mahomes had trouble reading defense, what about these guys? It takes a while to get acclimated. What what uh, Peyton Manning went? What he was bad his first year, and Trachman was what one in fifteen his first year with the Cowboys. It happens. But Dwayne Haskins had a five to one touchdown interception ratio last year. But to be honest with you, I like Ron Rivera a lot. But what they're doing to Dwayne Haskins is showing no confidence in the quarterback. When you're floating things out there, like Rivera told reporters this week, that all options are on the table. When Andy Reid had Pat Mahomes, he said Alex Smith is our starter. 
He made it very clear because you have to have a clear leader at quarterback. You have to have that guy. And here you have Tua wondering what he's doing. Talked about Derek Carr, the flirtation with the Raiders and Tom Brady, whether that actually exists or not. There's probably enough smoke. There's probably a burning fire there. And I think the the Raiders have publicly said with Mayock and everything, they want to get better at that position. What kind of trust do you build up in your quarterback when you're flirting with everybody else? That's that's the real question. I'm just looking at these teams, and sometimes you have to be real grateful for what you have. That you have Mahomes, you're not in this ever changing. Let's go get the guy. And the Chiefs took forever to make that stab at getting a quarterback in the first round. Patience is a virtue, I suppose. It got them a world title. But this quarterback thing keeps spinning around. Even even the Packers, you know, they're talking about going out and getting a different. Now they're drafting like 30th this year. But how about this from Aaron Rodgers? Remember when Aaron Rodgers, he played three years with Brett Favre. But Brett Favre had that mindset, like some of the stuff we heard from Flacco last year, my job is to be a quarterback and is not to mentor. Again, the Chiefs have gone out and, out and about and above their above their skis, so to speak, to thank Alex Smith, which they rightfully should with Andy Reid doing it and, and Pat Mahomes doing it. But during an interview on ESPN Milwaukee this week, Aaron Rodgers said he wouldn't be bothered if the Packers drafted a quarterback this season, but noted he'd like management to bring in players who could come and help right away. Sounds like Favre, right? It does sound like Favre. Because that's what he wanted. That's what he Then Aaron got there, and it was a chilly relationship at first. His job wasn't to mentor. Brett Favre. Um, this is from CBS Sports. This is a quote that he had back then. My contract doesn't say I have to get Aaron Rodgers ready to play. Now, hopefully he watches me and gets something from that. Favre said back in 2005, Aaron Rodgers says, I'm a realist. I know where we're at as an organization. I know where I'm at in my career. He says, Rodgers added that the Packers do select a quarterback early. He's confident the rookie won't be taking his job. There's and nobody taking, yeah, there's nobody's taking Rodgers' job. There is he, nobody. But he's 37 years old, and Rodgers has still got it. They, the Packers have a lot of other issues besides just Aaron Rodgers. They need to stop the run. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things the Packers need. They tried to win on the West Coast because they weren't good. But as far as, as, as Roger said, they're not going to be able to beat me out anytime soon. So I feel really confident in my abilities in place. We've, draft, we've drafted guys over the years. My first year starting, we drafted two, two quarterbacks in 2008. I, I love the con- – you, these guys have to have confidence. You have to exude confidence if you're the quarterback. But look at his age. Teams should always, the Patriots. Bill Belichick has used backup quarterbacks as commodity to get other pieces. I don't like this. I mean, I love the confidence, but you got to be willing to help other teams. It's why the Chiefs win. Andy Reid spoke to Coach K about culture. I've seen it here before. I saw Brandon Albert work with Eric Fisher. Saw Tom Ball lead, took much time to work with D Ford. A guy that was drafted to take his place. Tom Bailey actually got extra contracts because D. Ford wasn't ready to go. D. Ford finally showed something before he was moved on to San Francisco, but other guys helping him out, and what Alex Smith did for Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. But it's funny how valuable the quarterback's always the most valuable asset, but now with the RPOs and everything else, it is funny seeing the Mahomes effect in the NFL. Everybody is searching for that guy. The Raiders know they don't have that guy with Derek Carr. The Broncos hope they have that guy with Drew Locke. However, I will say Locke has been better than anything else floated out in Denver. He has been. 
He's got the confidence, the poise, the swagger, and the team believes in him. Which since, is, yeah, since Peyton Manning left, he's probably the, the best one they have had. No, there's no probably about it. He oh, is. Yeah. But is Vic Fangio the right coach to go with Drew Locke? Because Fangio has said some things, and I like Drew Locke. He's a Kansas City kid. I always like that when Kansas City kids do well. Won the Simone Award. He's the best high school athlete in Kansas City. Which, by the way, that award, how about that? Darren Sproles, pretty good career. He won the Simone. But and Skylar Thompson down at K-State. But the bottom line is Drew Locke. He didn't, I mean, Flacco supposedly helped him a little bit, but he, Flacco had a little bit of this attitude, I'm here to win, which you got to have that. But it makes you appreciate, again, what Alex Smith did. You know, having Pat over for dinner. Alex Smith, this is a, there's 32 positions. And he had it, he knew that he was getting replaced. Pat Mahomes wasn't here to sit on the bench. But what Alex Smith did, other teams are trying to get this method. Good luck. The only quarterback out there that I could see really doing this and it's not Tom Brady, because we know how chilly that relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo was. The only quarterback floating out there that I could see doing this, even more than Drew Brees, is Phillip Rivers. He's the one guy that I could that I could see saying he's got, because he's got ESPN maybe wanting for Monday Night Football and all this. He knows he's got a career. He said two more. He's playing on house money at this point. He's, he's chasing a ring. He wants that ring. But uh, I talked to Drew Locke's dad once. He came on the show, and he said that, believe it or not, Phillip Rivers helped him out through the process, even though... You know, not a charger, but working out in the offseason. He said Phillip Rivers. And I know people have this preconceived notion they don't like Phillip Rivers, but I think there's another side of him that people don't get. It's like Belichick's got a funny side about him that you just don't see. Phillip Rivers always complimented Kansas City when he played, but it's that's why Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes work so well together. It's crazy to think that a backup quarterback position is probably valuable as the second best like on a position to have like in the NFL. Why wouldn't the quarterback, the starting quarterback, want to, I guess, be paired up with the backup? Because just in case he goes down, that backup's ready, and he's kind of groomed, wouldn't you say, to just come on in and fill in a role if, say, your star quarterback gets hurt. You would think that they would have a good, I guess, a, a relationship, and hopefully that, but it's it's crazy to think that, oh, Rodgers says, oh, I'm not, well, kind of like what Favre said, I'm not the person that's going to be there to groom Rodgers. You know what I mean? You would think that would be the big option for quarterbacks. Hey, listen, ultimately it's a business, right? Guys, they're their own businessman. And yeah. instead of just going down the street to a Fortune 500 company, checking at your office, the, the nice big windows around it, these guys, they don't carry a briefcase to work, but they could because everything is about them building the future. But there is a team aspect of it. And you're only as good as that guy. Like Matt Moore, I guarantee you Mahomes was more. And Matt Moore's a smart guy, but Pat Mahomes, you know, helped teach him the offense and everything else. Got him ready to go. They needed Matt Moore. Matt Moore had to step in and play for the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, I mean, it serves him better if he wins, and Pat knows that, and he was supportive of him. No one knows he's not coming in to take his job. You can have confidence, but you got to remember this is a team sport. And that's the mindset I believe Mahomes had because it was passed on from Alex Smith to him. And I think in the end, when Pat Mahomes is 40 years old or 41, I think he's going to be the perfect guy to have to have a guy because Pat Mahomes seems like the guy that wants to groom the next guy. He's, he's very unselfish in what he does. So, and he's a team guy too. But regardless, speaking of Pat Mahomes, he said something that should put the uh, whole state of the NFL on alert. Something he said yesterday. We'll talk about that next. Welcome back to the leadoff. Jay Binkley and Cream Dog playing 
Low Down Dog. What's this? What's the song in this? That's that's what it's called. Low Down Dog. You but, had to tell me that because you are the cream dog. Oh yeah. You've been to a real barbershop. You'd look like yes. you need your haircut anyway, but I'm getting my haircut today. Are you really? Yes. I told you I could do it for you. And I'm not taking I've that. I've got option. a clipper set. You've got that floby. Uh, yeah. Just put a bowl on your head and cut around it. That, that, might, you, be, that might be a good cheap option right there. You know, let's eat the bowl of chili before I put it on your head. Thanks. That's a good lunch right there. Get some lunch and then get a haircut. I'm down. You finally figured out what a floby was? Yes, because you let me borrow yours one time. No, I don't have a floby. <laughs> Did you see how much those things were? What was the guy? This is pretty expensive, weren't they? It's like they? a couple hundred bucks, it seems like. They used to run infomercials late at night. I mean, you come back from the bar or whatever, you flip on the TV. That's that's how I that's how I figured out what the floby was. I remember at one point the, uh, the Florida Panthers were actually being out outrated by uh, late night commercials, like a late night infomercials. It was kind of funny that uh, the floby happened to be one of them. But uh, I digress. But you've been to a uh, a real barber shop. Yes. It's always some of the best conversation, isn't it, when you say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was young at the time, going with my grandfather. And, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, a sight to see and a sight to hear. I think they're a little bit different now. It's It seems to be because the, the real barbershops used to be, and they probably are a lot in the small towns. Everybody knows the barber. You, know, you walk in there. It's good conversation. I, I once uh, down in Pittsburgh. The uh, I used to go to the barbershop all the time, and I mean, it was you know straight edges, it was frozen Snickers, it was a real barbershop, you know, Sports Illustrated, maybe a few dirty magazines, uh, Field and Stream, Guns and Ammo, you name it, were the magazines. And I remember I had this girl I was dating one time stop by, I think she's picking me up or something, and she walks in, and the conversation just stopped. Like once that once that dude code was broken, it was like done, and the conversation stopped and turned. But anyway, barbershops are good conversations, and uh, there's the, the, the barbershop is a show on HBO where it's got different athletes that come in there. They just sit there and talk. It's kind of I like stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Coach K that uh, did that uh, interview during this week with uh, Andy Reid. Like Coach K, Coach K having his own radio show amazed me. You were doing the drive that day that uh, that that came out that Andy Reid. Had a quote, but the funny thing was, is it came from Sirius XM where Coach K hosted a show. Not only that, but Kramer, I don't know how many people this appealed to, but it would appeal to me. They're they're former coaches. You go to his podcast, it's like Nick Saban, all these Brad Stevenson, all these all these coaches. There's Andy Reid with Coach K, and that that to me is interesting when you put two guys from different sports that are both winners together to talk about it. Interesting, but barbershops kind of the same way. You know, guys just chilling out talking. Well, Pat Mahomes, it's going to be on the night, by the way, on HBO. But here's why the league should take notice, something Pat Mahomes said. I started playing quarterback junior year of high school. That's why I really started playing quarterback until now, which is, I think, six years. I just really... You've only been playing quarterback six well, years? Well, I started playing my junior year of high school. I was playing safety. I was There's playing safety, a little bit of quarterback, yeah. So That's I literally... Crazy. No, I didn't understand how to read defenses until like halfway through last year. I understood coverages, but how to be able to pick up little tendencies defenses do, stuff that Brady and them have done, they that they, they, they know it, it and they just do it. Second nature. I was just playing. And then this year I could I could actually recognize more and more stuff. And I think the more experience and the more I learn, 
then I'll be able to go out there and call plays and do that different stuff because I've seen it. And I still think there's, there's a long way for me to go there. And that's where mentally I think I can get better. Physically, I feel like I've, I've done a lot of stuff. I always work on the fundamentals and doing that stuff. But I think mentally I can still take my game to a whole nother level. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, from the barbershop, Pat Mahomes. Take his game to another level. That's awesome. And Therese had that interview with him, Therese Paler did, when he was talking about uh, different different stuff as far as uh, – yeah, you know, he's living in Kansas City, and he he stays here. He wants to be part of this community, but you know, just just his love for wanting more rings. Just you get that addiction of winning, and you want to keep winning more. But how about that? Started processing defenses his first year playing, and keep in mind that's what I was talking about. Dwayne Haskins, when the Redskins want to move on from him, it takes a while. Even the even the great ones like Pat Mahomes, that's a league MVP and the Super Bowl MVP. You admitted right there. And he had a first year to red shirt behind Alex Smith. But you got to play. I remember Brian Billick one time said, hey, quarterbacks got to play. Got to play to learn. You just got to throw them, got to throw their feet to fire. They have to play to have that experience. And there's Pat Mahomes. In the year that he threw 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards, he was out there chucking it, man. And then he started the process. And then this year, I remember we had plenty of discussions. Is Pat Mahomes better this year? And when I say this year, I'm talking about 2019. Or was he better in 2018? And I contend that he was better this year, even over his MVP year. Well, the proof is in the pudding. He's a Super Bowl champion. But the bottom line is, he is going to continue to get better. As good as he is, he's going to continue to get better. Not reading this. This is funny because this, this set everybody off nationally. What Pat Mahomes is saying as far as not reading defenses. Daniel Jeremiah one of the lead draft guys at NFL Network was on with Cody and Gold yesterday, and this was his reaction to Pat Mahomes saying that. <laughs> it's so true. It, uh, I laughed. I literally watched it, and I just laughed out loud because I remember going back and, and uh, going back to watching Pat at, at uh, Texas Tech and thinking, man, this is just like screens and scrambles. And that was one of the – that's why I had difficulty with his evaluation. Like, gosh, I see the arm. I see the athleticism. But – does all this stuff translate? I mean, this is not really playing inside the structure of the of the offense. Um, it's, you know, it's it's kind of wild to watch. And then you see him. Oh my gosh, this guy's doing the exact same things to people at the NFL level and wins the MVP. And then this year, as he mentioned in that video, oh my gosh, now he's starting to get the answers to the test. So now you're starting to see him make those plays, you know, in on schedule and and in the structure of the offense to go along with all the other stuff he can do. That is uh, scary. It doesn't even come close to describing it. (laughs) I love that. Now he's starting to get the answers to the test. How does Pat Mahomes get better? He gets better because he's playing. He sees everything thrown at him. You know, contend that last year, there was a time in New England during the regular season. Now, when I say last year, I mean 2018. The first year Mahomes was starting. Belichick threw the kitchen sink at him. I think it was Hightower got an interception because he backed up in the coverage then came up, and Pat Mahomes didn't see me through that interception during the regular season against the Patriots. But then he processed it. Then he became a different player. That first half, I thought Belichick had him. The second half was Pat Mahomes. It was the same thing with the playoffs. He threw everything at him. And he's going to continue to see things thrown at him. Hell, the 49ers, look at the way they did. Cover three, they wanted to take the deep ball away from Pat Mahomes. And then the play that uh, set the Chiefs up to win the Super Bowl, the Wasp play, he needed time to throw it, and he completed a pass to Tyree Kill that went for more air yardage than any pass he had during the regular season against that defense that only yielded eight passes at that point, over 20 yards in the air, the 49ers. That was so unbelievable 
about that play. That one play, more air yardage for Pat Mahomes than any other 49ers, only eight plays the entire, entire season, more than 20 yards in the air. Very good against the deep ball, but he got it. And it set the Chiefs up because he's processing. He's seeing defenses. And I, and I think that eventually, when you talk about the two-minute drill, I think eventually Pat Mahomes gets the keys to the car. Because he and Andy Reid meet every week. They talk about the plays going forward, uh, what they're going to be running that week. It's kind of a – Mahomes is said to have a photographic memory. I believe it. Uh, Eric Bieniemy memorizes the play sheet as well. These guys are all on the same page. But I can see when you get into the final two minutes – and Pat Mahomes becomes essentially like your offensive coordinator. After all, nobody knows this offense better than he, Andy Reid, and Eric Bieniemy. And I would contend that Pat Mahomes is on on a trajectory to know the offense better than anybody because he's out there doing it. He's out there processing plays. He changes plays and kind of ad libs to what he wants to do. But the final two minutes of the game, you just give it to him. You let him call his own plays, like you saw Peyton Manning do, like other quarterbacks, Philip Rivers. All these guys have the autonomy to call plays at the end of the game. It's quicker. Quicker process, and I know it didn't take long for Eric Bieniemy to signal the plays into his headset in his helmet. But if the quarterback can call whatever he wants, it's like the Rams, what they started doing. They started ad-libbing a lot more, giving more quarterback more space to do things because you only have a certain amount of time where you can talk in the helmet before the NFL shuts it off on each play to go out there and figure out what you're going to do, and things become a lot smoother when your quarterback is making those plays. But you're just seeing that the surface is barely being scratched with Pat Mahomes. And to think he's got a long way to go with he's already this great is music to the ears. Not only that, it's a warning shot to the National Football League. If you're already worried about how to stop Mahomes, now you really are. It's what you're seeing at the Combine, what you saw at the Senior Bowl. It's now the Mahomes proofing of the league. But I absolutely love that because, to me, that's like the best thing, best thing I've ever heard from him. The best thing. It was honesty. It was complete and total honesty that he could be that good in everything because this, this league is not easy. And Pat Mahomes is showing the uh, the true side of the league. The other thing is Chris Jones, now that he's tagged. What could they get if they traded him? We'll discuss it next. Welcome back to leadoff, Jay Binkley and Kramer, the Kramer dog. Uh, for day one six in the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. They say their grandma still has a Floby. Can I borrow it? I would seriously try it. First, I'd clean it first, but I'd still try it. It's weird, man. It's a weird contraption. I don't see, I don't see how it cuts your hair, though. I really don't. Well, I don't know either. I've never actually like seen one in person. I'll just get my vacuum when I get back to my place and just see if that works. I did enjoy some late night TV with it, though. You probably don't even know what you're even watching there at first. Nah, but you're a little bit liquefied. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, exactly. That's cool, cool, cool. What's that number? Have you, you ever ordered? Any, have you ever ordered? No, I didn't order. Okay. <laughs> I don't, have you ever ordered anything late at night? Because it looks like a hell of a deal. No. When you've been, I've when never you, done when you've that. been drunk and sitting there going, "But well, wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. The handsome carrying case for your night. Let's get my phone out and start calling this number. No, I've never had that happen to me. Bink, I feel like you've done that multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I've thought about it. I mean, some of those deals look well, great. But what's the deal that you would actually want that late at night? I'll be honest with you. I really want some Flex Seal. You can just go to Walmart and get that. I know you can. You can go buy that stuff. But I'm serious. When he's taking that boat, 
and like taping it up and putting it on the water. Didn't that intrigue you at all? It makes or, me it makes me want to cut a boat in half and try that myself. Yeah, but putting the tape underwater. I mean, that's pretty cool, man. Because you never gotten tape wet. It's very frustrating. But that flex seal looks like it goes right through it. I know. I remember the, the joke uh, Ned Yost was talking about flex seal. Remember a couple of years ago, Kramer? The I don't know if you remember or not, but there was a, a bullpen flood. Yeah, where the the bullpen was flooding because the pipe was. There's was, was a couple inches of water, and it stopped the game. It was like on a Friday night. It was, it was like weekend night. I don't remember. But Ned went out there, and everybody thought Ned went out there to fix it. And there was jokes about Flex Seal because I think Nettie went to like Trevor Vance or something and said, do you have a Flex Seal? I'm not kidding, man. That stuff's good. Some good stuff, I I've guess. heard zero complaints about Flex Seal. Have yeah, you? same. Yeah, no. I, I was trying to think right there. No, I. Do you have any? No, I do not have Flex Seal. I, need, I might need to get some. I wouldn't mind. I have the uh, tape up the window. I have the Gorilla tape. Is like that the Gorilla that Glue? Oh yeah, yeah. I've had Gorilla Glue on my fingers. I, I need Gorilla Glue for my headphones. It works, man. But here's the one thing I've always found about glue. Before I get back to the Chiefs here, the glue. Once you use it, it's very difficult to use it again. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. If you have really strong glue, you know, once you pop the cap and you because it dries up. Yeah. Have you ever tried to go back to use glue and like a year later it's like. I can't use this, and you have to snip the ends or whatever. Just, but think about it though. That glue, glue is great, but using it again, forget about it. It's a one-time setting there. But it's not supposed to be. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Are you actually tightening the lid back on it? Yeah, I think you're just leaving the lid open, man. Oh man, I. But that uh, Gorilla Glue, I love, and then that Gorilla Tape that came out. But I'm, I'm Team Flex Seal, man. That that is the one time. I've literally almost bought a product. Was that dude when he pulled that out and put that on that boat? Some strong stuff. Some very yeah. strong stuff. Once kinda I kinda... knew this dude was on a boat with, with tape, I was like, I'm all for it, man. That stuff's kind of like strong as uh, Chris Jones strong. Chris Jones strong? Oh, yeah. Well, what can you get for Chris Jones? A couple of first-rounders. <laughs> Do you think so? I think you can at least get one out of it. I, I was talking for the longest time that you get a one and a two, and you do not. Take anything less. You get what Frank Clark has, and I, I know the different positions. The edge from the interior, don't give me – I look at the value of the player. Can the player change the game? And Chris Jones could. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network was on with Cody at Gold yesterday, and he was asked what haul could Chris Jones bring in. Oh, gosh. I would think that they would be able to get a tremendous haul um, from him if they, if they decided to make that move. Uh, I, I don't think it would be the smart move. <laughs> I think – uh, he's someone you, you can completely build around uh, up front. So, I mean, I, to me, it's got to be uh, you start with a one and then you start getting into what else you're getting, whether it's players or another pick or, or, or what have you. I, mean, I would guess you'd, you'd probably get at least a one and a three would be the minimum, I would imagine. I mean, he's the second best interior pass rusher in the NFL. He's right about that. I, I think he's creeping up on Aaron Donald, which is getting pretty close to being neck and neck. Who's the best player? Because, I mean, Chris Jones can dominate a game. Now, is, is, is his numbers against the run different? Yeah. Teams get five yards of carry when he's out there and less than right, right around 4.3 when he's not. But here's Daniel Jeremiah, what he would personally do with Chris Jones. Oh, gosh. Um, again, I, doubling down on the fact that I just I, I wouldn't entertain the thought. I, I, would, I would say the difference, if you, going back to your previous question about the difference between him and Khalil Mack, I would say Khalil Mack, you know, effort-wise, consistency-wise, game in, game out, you got a little bit more there. Whereas Chris, is, Chris had some lapses. Obviously, the bigger the game, the better he's played. 
Um, but that would be the difference between those two guys. But to me, if you're saying, okay, if, if ownership comes to you and say, we just can't afford it, we've got to pay Pat, we've got to do these other things, we, we need to move on. Um, to me, I'd want two picks in a player. You know, that that would be where I would start. You talk about a one, if that's a one of three in a player, a one of two in a lesser player. Um, but I, I would, I would, that'd be my aiming point. I'm curious what the Chiefs' temptation level is. Keep him playing for the tag, which he would probably play for. I mean, keep in mind, don't feel sorry for people tagged. I know players don't want to be tagged, but they are paid extremely handsomely for that top average, of top five at their at their position. So it's a cool $16 million given to who's not going to play for $16 million. But the bottom line is, what kind of promises could they do in the future? Hey, we want to take care of Pat. Then we'll take care of you. Can you get them both done at the same time? Or do the Chiefs look at it thinking, all right, the draft is going to have to be the lifeblood of this organization going forward. And the Chiefs are sitting with five picks right now. This is a very deep draft in several positions. Not only that, positions the Chiefs could use. Like if you lose Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, then I think you're going to lose. You know, talking about possibly one of the best wide receiver classes ever, and that includes over ninety uh, the 1996 draft class that had Marvin Harrison, Terry Glenn, Keyshawn Johnson. Daniel Jeremiah was also asked, could the Chiefs entertain a Khalil Mack type hole? Well, I mean, I think there's still a little bit of a, a priority off on the edge versus inside. I know some people differ on that, but the majority of people around the league would say that you're going to pay the edge rusher a little bit more. Um, but um, I, I can't give you a good answer on that. I mean, I, to me, I think that that's where you would shoot for uh, to get two ones. I just don't know, you know, if you'd be able to pull that off. I would say, um, you know, maybe maybe end up getting a one and a, and a two out of the, out of the mix, but. Uh, you know, that's a, it's a fair question because he's such a dominant player. You start with the one and two and you don't mix. I told a story last night about my uncle who always taught me that everything is for sale, Jay. Everything I have is for sale. It's like that 1968 cherry red Mustang you have. The blue book tells you it's worth so much. Well, what if somebody's driving through from Texas or whatever and says, I'll give you 15 grand more for it because that's the vehicle I want. I like the condition of it. By the way, Kramer, who keeps calling? Well, that was Rich, and he told me that to fix your glue problem, stick a flathead nail in it. You know what, Rich? That's a good idea. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the text line, the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line, 69306. Very interesting text here from the 816. I was talking about that flood in the bullpen for the Royals. Because that was August 24th of last season. I was at that game. I was at that game as well. Because I had to be, because I was the Royals insider back then. But that was actually 2018. You were dead right on August 24th. It was not last season. It was two seasons ago. I, I remember that. Because I remember uh, Ned being asked questions about Flex Seal. I digress. You know you can buy this stuff wherever you go. Yeah. You, you're going to go to the store today. Are you going to get some Flex Seal? I might. You might eat it for some stuff. Don't they sell a glue and a tape? I'm really interested in that tape. I think there's both. I mean, I kind of want to just get it and play with it. You know, like get a water jug and like put it underneath the water, see how well that works, because that really intrigues me, being able to put tape underwater. They do have a glue. They have a glue and tape. Hmm. There's a paste as well. Maybe I'll get it for your wedding present. You're going to give me some flex there. Would you, would you appreciate that more than the microwave? 
Or a toaster? Yeah, because I'll probably get like 15 of those. Yeah, who gets somebody flex seal for their wedding. It's true. It's a great idea. Give me uh, give me two rolls of it. I'll be, I'll be set for life. Anyway, Chris Jones. Now, here's the thing. I think you need him, but I do think the mindset of the Chiefs might have changed when they won the Super Bowl, because that's what I thought going into it. But this is going to change the Chiefs' philosophy. The NFL, that's, that's why I respect the Patriots so much, and I hate to say this for what they did going to nine Super Bowls, winning six. They never spin up to where the cap was. There was always a lot of cap room with the Patriots, but they had the quarterback and the coach, and they, they were able to win. And not only that, they didn't put all their eggs in one basket. When guys got to the point to be paid, they would pay Tom Brady, although he took less at times to build more around him. But guys like Ty Law and stuff, they said, see ya, see you later. We're not going to pay you. And to, to be as consistent as they were for the longest time when everybody's on the same playing level, it gives you a new perspective of what they did. I mean, you look at the chart of the Seahawks. They were able to go to two Super Bowls, win one with, with by paying Russell Wilson third-round money, and then the check became due. That's why the Royals, it's, it's tough to do when you when you assimilate talent, and then eventually you have to pay them like, like the Royals did. It's tough to do. But they got the quarterback. I just think a lot of things change. The mindset change. Are you chasing the ring or do you already have it? Like there's some moves like Sammy Watkins and these type of moves. Like Anthony, these guys were brought in here to help the Chiefs get a ring. Spagnuolo was brought in here, I believe, to beat the Patriots. He did it. But to build it going forward, and by the way, Mike Kafka is the quarterback's coach, was getting some interest from Philadelphia uh, for offensive coordinator. Chiefs elevated him to passing game coordinator, gave him a raise. And Andy Hill, former recruiter, uh, local recruiter, a lot of local coaches know them for years. Gary Pinkle, uh, right-hand man, um, is now the assistant special teams coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. I am curious about Peterson, though, because I always thought Andy Reid had a philosophy, don't touch my guys. Don't touch my guys. And I, and I hearken back to that, uh, that, that documentary they had with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, and they were sitting down talking. And Saban says, listen, everybody wants my assistance. But, I, but the rule is, it's kind of an unreal rule, don't touch my guys. I, I work hard enough getting my assistants. Don't grab them. So when guys go take jobs elsewhere, they typically go get other staff. So I was curious about Kafka and the Philadelphia Eagles being interested in that, but it's not going to happen. Coming up next, conference realignment talk. And Bob Bowlesby was on Fesco in the morning saying the Big 12 is not looking to expand. Should they? Andy Staples uh, formerly a Sports Illustrated, now at the Athletic, has a proactive reason where the Big 12 could really hammer the Pac-12. We discuss that next. Welcome back to leadoff, Jay Binkley and Kramer. Talking Chiefs draft with Matt Lane, ArrowheadPride.com. Next, part of that draft guide that uh, Ken Swanson, the crew at Arrowhead Pride, puts out where it's Chief-specific to each and every write-up, which is absolutely incredible what they have. A lot of uh, text about Flex uh, Seal, to be honest with you. More texts about this than Mahomes or anything else we've discussed. Um, here's somebody from Lowe's. They have glue, tape, and cock um, at Lowe's. And another one uh, said he's a restaurant manager, so he has a lot of late-night shifts. And he says uh, once the Flobian Vegematic started making sense, that's when he upped his cable package to get more movie channels. Here's another one from Walmart that's got it. Menards, I mean, Flexio... Uh, it's practical. I think a lot of people need tape. You know what I mean? Kramer's a practical thing. Yeah, just in case something gets cut and you need to tape something up. 
maybe a piece of paper, maybe a dollar bill that got uh, somehow ripped in your pocket. If you use duct tape as a uh, way to keep things going for another year or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like duct tape? That Gorilla Tape's better, to be honest with you. You just like that Gorilla brand. I like that Gorilla glue, but do not, do not get that on your hand because it'll stick on everything. I remember getting it on a doorknob all the time. It, it just, it, it, it's hard to get off. You talk about the, using the hand sanitizer now for the uh, coronavirus or whatever. You're scrubbing your hands like crazy. Cleanest hands in the world trying to get that glue off. <laughs> what if they said Gorilla glue? <laughs> I don't even want to go there. People be gluing their hands together. They're already fighting over toilet paper. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. If it's not snow, it's coronavirus. That'll get you to the store. I digress. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anymore. Um, I will say this: Andy Staples, the Big Twelve, had some talk. And and one thing that uh, Bob Bowlesby said, and I've always been real big on this conference expansion. The Big Twelve had a chance to expand, and they did not. The one thing that makes the Big Twelve different than everybody else is the fact there's no TV package. The only TV package is the Longhorn Network. But here's Bob Bowlesby with Fesco in the Morning. The cable universe is declining, and therefore the motivation to add institutions for that reason is declining. Now, there may be other good reasons, and uh, you know, we looked at expansion a couple of years ago. Uh, it's nowhere on the horizon right now. Uh, as I talk to my commissioner colleagues, I haven't heard any of them say that, that they thought that there was going to be another round of these. They we stop that right there. <laughs> no one's going to tell him that they're about ready to poach his teams. There, there's lots of talk about it, that it, it, it could come as our television and media agreements begin to expire. But I, I don't see that on the horizon. And, and I just uh, I, I think uh, some of the leagues have found that uh, being at 14 uh, is a fair amount more complex than, than having a smaller format. One of the things you lose is the traditional rivals. Uh, you, you have teams that don't play each other for extended periods of time. And generally speaking, that's not good for in-stadium attendance and those sorts of things. So um, we, we feel very good about where we are. Our presidents and chancellors haven't had any recent discussions. I don't sense that anybody has that in the front of their mind. And so we, we feel very good about where we are right now. And we particularly feel good about uh, playing a double round robin in basketball and a full round robin in, in uh, football. Uh, we think that's the way you ought to conduct your championships. And uh, it makes for a lot of great games. And I disagree. This is once the, once the conference that had the quote one true champion that didn't turn out to be, and they had to change that after one year. I think it's kind of a loser's mentality. You should always be looking to get better. And the conference money, I mean, yeah, the Big Ten, the Big 12 doesn't spend as much because it's 10 teams. And then there's the talk. What do Rutgers, Maryland, what they bring to the Big Ten? The Big Ten gives over $53 million. Big Ten gives more money per school than any other conference. And you say, what about Maryland? Well, you get the New York market and you get the Delmarva region with Maryland. So it's not about the teams. It's about the televisions that conference realignment has become. And if you're not getting stronger, you're getting worse. The ACC gives out money like the Pac-12 does, which is the lowest out of the Power Fives, and the ACC's got the ACC network powered by ESPN. So I, I can't wait to see the tax returns on the ACC this year on what they're giving out because they're forward, more forward-thinking than the uh, than the Pac-12. Not only that, it could be USC. USC would be wanting a deal like Texas and the Longhorn Network because they are kind of the crown jewel of the Pac-12. At least they think they are. This comes from the Daily Trojan, which is a, a newspaper 
for USC. And they're kind of uh, down on the Pac-12. This is what they said. It's no secret that the Trojans in the Pac-12 have been on distinctly poor terms in recent years, starting with the Pac-12 network. They were never happy about that. Even their athletic director, Mike Bond, implied as much when he went on a uscfootball.com podcast. Said, quote, everything's on the table with regards to the USC's future. Hmm. What should you do? Andy Staples uh, that does a podcast. He's from The Athletic. And uh, he used to be on sportsillustrated.com. He thinks the Big 12 should go on the offensive, and I agree. Really could gut the Pac-12 if they wanted to and create a very strong league that would be, I don't know if it's the financial rival of the Big 10 or the SEC, but it would command a pretty good TV deal. Remember, no conference network. And in fact, shouldn't even broach the idea of starting a conference network because you know what would attract USC? The ability to have their own Longhorn network. I think Oregon might feel that way too. That's the thing that would attract them. You don't need to have a conference network at that point. The schools that could command more money would get more money, and that's what they want. They're tired of floating the other ones. That's what USC doesn't want to do anymore. So it's possible you could entice them with this model that you've been made fun of for years. It might actually wind up helping you here. This is the deal. This is what they should do. Will they have the guts to do it when this comes around? I don't know. There's several years between now and then. You, you know, this None of this would happen until 2023, 2024. But the groundwork would be laid much earlier. And it is, it is doable for the Big 12. If the leadership in the Big 12 wants to be aggressive, wants to solidify the long-term prospects of the conference – wants to close the gap with the Big Ten and the SEC, probably get ahead of the ACC, that's what you do. And perhaps that helps those West Coast schools become more relevant in college football. I, I just – I think this is, this is a distinct possibility, and there will be a little poetic justice in it. There you go. There's Andy Staples saying Big 12, be the aggressors. Nobody's happy the Pac-12 right now. They're going to be last until, as a matter of fact, they're even writing articles out there about how the Pac-12 is poised to be the last. No one watches the product because it's on the West Coast. Big 12, why not? You have West Virginia, why not add USC? Make the conference stronger. Go on the offensive. For years, I've seen the Big 12 lack behind everybody else, having the Big 10 network, SEC network, all that, because the Big 12 didn't want to do this with Steve Weberg as commissioner. I'm with Andy Staples. Be the aggressor. Make the Big 12 stronger. Coming up next, we talk Chiefs draft. Matt Lane, ArrowheadPride.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.